Hi, hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of the none other fucking mentality. I don't know what else this would be, this would be called. Um, but today I have another lovely interview. Um, this individual, again, I met on fucking social media. I meet literally everybody that either I'm friends with or I look up to or I'm like a peer with or colleague or whatever the case may be on fucking social media. Um, so if you have been afraid to get on social media, this is your, this is your calling to get the fuck on social media, show your face, create connections. Cause there's some amazing connections you can create by just being on social media. Anyway, um, I'm amped the fuck up today. I don't really know why I feel like I did like 80 lines of cocaine and I don't know why, but I <laughs> am just amped the fuck up. Uh, but nonetheless, this person, um, I felt drawn to them because of their transparency and because of their openness and their, I think the number one thing that really drew, drew me to this person is that they are, they do hair, obviously, but they also post about their life. And I feel like a lot of times hairdressers in specific um, are very um, hesitant to talk about their life. It's always just about keeping things separate. One has to be a hair page and the other one has to be a personal page. And I kind of think that's stupid. Um, and I think we're kind of shifting out of that. And I don't, I don't, I see a lot of stylists doing it now, but I feel like this individual has kind of already done that from the jump. Like it's always just been kind of like part of a brand, like who she is. So it just seemed really authentic and I felt called to her. Um, so without further ado, I'm not going to keep blowing her head up and making it really weird. Um, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? What are we doing? What's your name? What, what's going on? Uh, my name's Lise. I am a color specialist. I've been doing hair for, oh, I think like six years now. Um, so yeah, I guess, I think it's cool that you think I've, I've been doing this for a long time because I actually do struggle with the whole, like, I'm a person, but I also do hair. So I think it's cool that it's coming across that way. Um, but yeah, I am huge on mental health, uh, love, color love people um that's pretty much the gist of me I'm very easygoing and it's basically it on my period um excuse me good lord I'm choking on my own bubbles burp bubbles (laughs) (laughs) um so I want to start this off by I obviously I want to get to know who you are because I I don't know you from a hole in the wall I've just been drawn to your social media and yes you were doing a fantastic job with showcasing that you are still a human um, and I know every, I still struggle with it too. Cause it's like, you don't want to post too much about your life and not post enough about your hair and blah, blah, blah. I personally struggle with that now even more so because I'm shifting all my shit, how I do things. But I want to know kind of more about you. Like you say, I've been doing hair for six years, how, um, like six years behind the chair, like what got you into hair? Like, why are you a hairdresser? Like, why do you, why are you the way you are? Um, so my first thing was like whenever anyone asked me like oh how'd you get into hair and simple as as heck like I just did not want to go to college like I didn't have the the funds to go to college I didn't come from a family that would be, be able to help me out also like I'm just like not an academic person I didn't do well in school the only subjects I ever did well in were like dance pottery art like anything art based was the only thing that I was ever really good at that. I, not to say that I wouldn't be good at those things. I just didn't care to put my concentration towards them. Um, and so when I thought about, you know, senior year, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I was like, well, I want to make money. I know that much and I don't want to go to college. So I was like, okay, so what can I do 
that I would get both of those. And at that time, I was really into makeup, but there wasn't back then there wasn't just a purely makeup school. Um, So I went to a school uh, immediately withdrew just because it felt very felt very culty and it felt very just a little odd. So I was like, all right, you know, what? I'm going to take a year off. I think it took like a year and a half off. And um, then I started dating somebody and they were like, well, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, well, that's a great question. So then I started assisting someone on the weekends to see if it was what I wanted to do before I jumped back into school again. And I went in with wanting to do hair this time. So it's almost like hair found me kind of thing. Um, And so then I went to Paul Mitchell. I took way too long to graduate. (laughs) And now I'm here. I have opened up my own studio after working for someone else for about four and a half years. And March will be my first year as a business owner. So it's been going well. Yeah. That's crazy. Only a year. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It really is. So you assisted somebody for four years. Um, so I, or no, did I I hear that wrong? A little bit. So I was at the salon for four and a half years. Yes. But actually I assisted someone for a year and a half. And then I moved into this salon. They wanted me to be a stylist my first ever client, I burnt her hair and we had to cut like five inches off. I was having a meltdown in the back. And then I immediately got demoted to receptionist and I had to work my way back up to being a hairstylist again. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like a kick in the dick. Yeah, it really was. It really was. But you know what? I... I appreciate it because I didn't really know how to do hair still. Mm. So I worked my way back up to assistant. I assisted this person for eight months. And then after that, I gave them the ultimatum. I was like, listen, you either make me a stylist or I'm going somewhere else. And then they decided to make me a stylist. So. So you, this is okay. I just to give you a backstory. I, I find it very intriguing when I hear people assisted because I have never assisted a day in my life. <clears throat> and I, I feel like obviously like my career would be a hell of a lot different if I did, but can you talk about that? Like what, what is it? This is going to sound so ignorant because oh. I have assistants and I teach assistants, but I've never <laughs> been an assistant. So I'm like, what does that feel like? What does that mean? Like, what did you do? What, like, how did that help you? Um, my first assisting experience, um, both were amazing, but my first person that I assisted, um, from her, I think I learned more how to be humble, how to, cause she's really, she's really big in the industry. So she taught me like that you could be big and be well-known and still be a person. So I think I, I completely wrapped my core value around that I was like I still want to be humble she still is like silly acts out like all these things but she's very helpful very direct um so I as a person and as a stylist like look up to that and I still look up to her and that's exactly the kind of stylist and person I wanted to be 
And from her, I also learned how to do social media. So that's where I learned all that from. And then my second assisting experience was helpful and rough. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of crying. There was a lot of times that this person would be like, you're doing this wrong. You don't do it like this. Like it was very tough love, like very old school, tough love, uh, hairstylist mentality. And so for me, that was being a Pisces. I cried a lot. And so after eight months, I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like I learned everything I needed to learn. Like this person taught me everything I need to know about blondes. Like, especially being that I, I did it in Miami. I learned how to work on like level three to like making them level 10 hair, uh, platinum blondes without burning their hair and all these things. So I learned a lot and I'm very grateful. And, but I did, it was, it was a rough one. I'm not going to lie. It was rough. And at times I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to, like, I'd rather go somewhere else and learn from someone else. And I just, I couldn't fathom working underneath this person anymore and kind of being spoken to in that way anymore. So I gave them the ultimatum and I was like, I now know what I'm worth and I know I'm good at hair. So make me a stylist or I'm leaving. And then they were like, okay, we'll make you a stylist. And, that was and then I worked with them for four and a half years after that. Wow. So, so there was good, there was bad. It sounds like um, this is, okay, this is pretty unique because most journeys that I've, I've heard start off like shit. You know, they, it's thrown in the rules, you know, no help, very old school. Um, but it sounds like you were flip-flopped. You started with someone who really knows how to encompass the industry and like what it actually is. Just, I wrote this down. You can still be big, but be a person. Yes. That's, that's the reality of like life. It's not even just like a hair thing. No. Um, But it's not Correct. that, uh, that bigger artist, I would say old school, bigger artists that think like that. Yes. Because especially if they've been big for a while, then they've grown in the industry before it became what it is now. Yes. Yeah, she definitely did. So this is interesting because was working with the second person like a holy fuck moment? Like, is this is this like the other side of the industry that I didn't know about? Or like, were you aware of this type of thing? Um, I wasn't aware of it. So that it was definitely like a a shock, but also my situation was a little different as well. Um, He was my, my brother-in-law basically. Mm. So I knew his personality already. Like I knew he was, he was, he's a Taurus. And so he was very like strong, very um, just direct. And like, yeah, in that old school mentality and So I knew that anytime he spoke to me that way, I knew he didn't mean it in like a, like trying to put me down. I knew he meant it in like a, I want to build you up Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I think it's different because I knew where he was coming from, but it's, it's still, it's still stung nonetheless, you know, whenever I got those moments where it was like, 
and it wasn't it wasn't ever like he pulled me to the back and told me these things it was like he would say these things in front of the client yeah kind of thing so it was a difficult situation for me because it was I knew it was coming from a place of love but I also would never treat somebody with like that right now knowing that you had a personal relationship with them yeah what that's that's crap that first of all <laughs> I commend you for working with someone that you know um and second of all especially assisting under them that takes first of all it takes balls because that would easily ruin most people's relationship right yeah I think it's all about learning that just knowing that it you need to separate the two when you're when you're at work you know it's like when you come to work you can't always bring your personal things with you so I think that taught me a lot of learning how to separate that so yeah outside of work we were always good mm-hmm. you just yeah. knew it. you knew it wasn't personal and you knew like you had a level of understanding for them that they really were just trying to get you in a better position um maybe not in the way that you maybe not the way that you communicate right right but the way that they communicate, but you, you always had an understanding of like, okay, like this is just going to keep progressing me. Like I will be fine. You know, I need this, whatever. Um, that is, it's refreshing. Honestly, it, not that it shocks me, but it does. It shocks me to hear somebody to be so open-minded and positive about the industry. Um, just from my personal experience and then also interviewing other people. Right. Like, oh yeah, trauma bonded because we've all been through some fucked up shit. <laughs> oh, you're a hairdresser. I can tell, you know, like it's one of those <laughs> weird situations. Um, but it sounds like overall you've had like a pretty positive upbringing into the industry. Um, yeah, I would say so. I don't, I just think that like, you know, life is too short to sit there and like try and find the bad you know, I'm, I've, but I've always been like that with anything in my life, like anything that's brought me down in life. I'm like, okay, what good came out of it? You know, like, how did it help me grow as a person? Like, I wouldn't be who I am today without the shit that happened to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So I try to look at it that way because otherwise we would all hit our lives. So I don't want that. I just did a, I did a podcast episode with one of my good friends. Her name's Meg and she's a trauma informed coach. And you made me think of it because you're like, oh, like I wouldn't be who I am today without the things that have happened. And she gave me this really neat perspective about stop thinking your trauma. So stop thinking for the things that have happened in your past for who you are now. Okay. <clears throat> and it's totally, it's because re- I'm the same way. It's like, you know, I wouldn't be as strong and as talented and as successful as I am now if I didn't get drugged through the mud, you know? Um, but she kind of had this, this neat perspective of you can't really think that because that's kind of giving it this unique power over you. And it almost becomes a definition of your character because, Oh, like I'm really glad that these things happen because without them, I wouldn't be who I am. You can still be like the badass bitch you are without having those things happen to you. Um, and it's, it's changed my perspective a lot with a lot of, um, interviews and talking to people because I agree I'm the same way as you like fuck yeah like I I wouldn't be who I am now without the things that have happened um but now I'm like huh okay well how how else can I reframe my mind like how else do I thank my old bosses for giving me the tough love for giving me like the run the runaround um 
like a positive way. I'm still, I'm still working on that one. So I'll get back. Yeah. To that's, that's, yeah. I'm like, how do you, how do you change that? I don't know. I don't know. I have to take her class. I, it's, I'm going to be taking it soon and I'll have to report <laughs> back and to, yeah. to give you some feedback on how the hell that works. Cause yeah. I was like, well, how do I, how do I reframe that? And she, you know, she's talking about a bunch of other stuff. Um, but it's stuck in my brain ever since. And it's been a couple of months. And I tell every single person when I get on a, a, an episode and they say, oh, I think, you know, the past, I'm like, okay, well, I have some food for thought for you. I'm going to give you a little bit of a mind fuck real quick. Yeah, that is a mind fuck for sure. I'm like, well, damn. I mean, I guess I get it in a way, right? Like, should this person have treated me that way? No. And do we talk now? No. Do I still love them? Yes. But I mean, it just, I think, I guess learning that boundary and yeah, shit, that's a hard one. I was going to say in thinking it, but you can't, you can't think it, right? That's a tough one. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. (laughs) It's going to sit in your brain. It's been festering in my brain ever since you said it. Um, but from what I've kind of gathered from your social media and like from you, just from talking to you just now, it sounds like you are a person that leads with love and understanding versus judgment and, um, on what's the word I'm looking for? Redirecting like anger, not towards people. Um, okay. As a hairstylist, yes. As a person, I'm working on that. Really? Yes. I've been going to therapy for about maybe a year and a half now and working on my personal life and not judging people, um, especially my loved ones. Like I'm, I hold high expectations for people and I'm learning that I can't, I can't do that. If I love the person and they're good to me, that's all that matters. And like also learning to just not everyone is healed and you need to see their journey and things like that. And I can't judge someone for that. Um, so definitely as a hairstylist, I have no problem not judging somebody completely hearing them out. And then as a family member, a friend, I am working on that. I'm working, I'm better. I'm getting better as a friend on not, not judging my friends for for certain things that they do that I wouldn't do. We're just not the same people. And I just need to know that I love them and I'm there for them and I can hold space for them. And that's their life. And then now when it comes to my family, I'm still still learning to drop those expectations. Dog, when you learn how to drop them, you can tell me how to yeah. do that. <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm like, just get your shit together. Do you think, well not do you think I, I I know the answer to this question but do you think that with our clients because that I've always found a lot of safety with my clients I've always found like this my 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 ex-boyfriend actually called my clientele a cult following because I have just created such a boundary of safetyness and like a space of safetyness with these people I have understanding I have love you know I have all this stuff that they just they just never they're never disloyal to me and you know loyalty looks different for a lot of people but um do you think that your life like when you started becoming a hairdresser subconsciously did you start creating this family which is your clientele and you've kind of curated this like I don't know how to explain it 
from you've taken like all the things that you don't like and like all the things that you've dealt with in your in your family life and your mental health and trauma whatever the case may be and you've kind of taken those things and like left them over here like with your family and your friends but you've taken things you do like and you've created this clientele that is left you almost like your value is with your job is I guess what I'm trying to I don't know how else to word this but that's Um, something that I know I personally deal with my value is my job I think that's a great question um I think you know when you like somehow meet someone in the beginning like you don't know anything about them you don't have that that judgment is not already there Mm -hmm. and the person that you see is also the person that they're portraying to you so it it kind of even with my clients now when I when now that I'm in a studio it's a lot more private and we're getting a lot more intimate with each other um so they're learning a lot more about me I'm learning a lot more about them um and some of them are shocked to hear so I had a girl cry the other day because she felt so bad for me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, don't cry. It's not a big deal. And um, I see what I mean. I completely forgot my point of this, but it was a weird question. I don't know how to word it, but you're getting think, at it. I think there's a sense of safety when And I think I've seen this like online somewhere else before when you like tend to meet someone that you don't really know, you feel a sense of safety to just dump everything on this person. And not to say that I'm dumping like on my clients or whatnot, but there's a a sense of like, they don't really know you. I mean, they do, but they don't at the same time. Like we're always putting on this certain face no matter what you know um they're not with you when you're at home when you know you're crying or they're not with you when you're going through your things so it's it's a sense of maybe yeah I guess it's like a sense of safety that you just tend to oh I don't know you can't get anywhere else yeah you you can't like they feel safe with you you feel safe with them like I had a girl sit in my chair the other day she was like I'm pregnant I haven't told anyone yet you're the first one I told so Mm. it's like we tend to I think because they don't know us all that well and we don't know them all that well like there's still a barrier no matter what there is like not to say that we don't love our job we don't love our clients things like that but there's still a wall there's still a layer that they don't know of us and that we don't know of them so there's that sense of like uh there's no censor there's no like they have no problem telling you what's going on and we have no problem telling them what's going on and I think there's a better um relationship in that I guess would you say that you find How do I word this? Oh, there was a video that you had posted a while ago too. That also, I was like, oh, I'm I'm drawn to this person. Um, I have always struggled with being money hungry. I'm not, and I'm not trying to say money hungry is a bad thing because it's not. But as someone who leads in life, relationship forward, a uh, connection forward, you know. Um, a vulnerability forward as a hairdresser and as a 
entrepreneur and as a business owner, I struggle with being disciplined and being a business owner because money doesn't make sense. What makes sense to me is opening up to my clients and building rapport and building relationship and building the safe space. But I, I found myself for years emotionally discounting and not actually profiting in my business and not being, um, a profitable stylist for the longest time because I put too much safety in my job. Um, and I remember you would post a video like, Hey, like I need some help on, I forget what it was, but it was something about business and money. Yes. Yes. It was, uh, it was, uh, I just, I, being a first time business owner and opening this up. And again, like I said, I'm about to reach my first year in March. So it's all still new to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to like handle scheduling and making money. And I, I come from a salon where you had to, if you were working on one person, no, you're working on two people. If you're working on two people, no, you're working on three people. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you're working by yourself without an assistant, you physically cannot do that. Like I don't have six other stylists to help me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so the money that's coming in is much different than it was when I was working at a salon. Um, but I also understand that it it's, I don't want to say it's a setback, but it's a small step back in order to move five steps forward, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but It's okay. Would you, would you say that you, uh, do you value creating relationships over, I shouldn't say over the financial part of being a hairdresser? I think they go hand in hand. Um, I think, I think anyone that values me will understand that I need to make the money that I need to make. Um, and I think that anyone that doesn't understand that isn't for me. Um, and I don't think that they care about me as a person. So I definitely care about these people and I've made, these are my friends, you know, I go home and I'm like, I've talked to my friends all day. I don't need to talk anymore. I'm good. I've seen my friends all day. Um, but I think these people care about me enough to understand that, like, I'm only one person and I need to pay my bills and I need to, to do what I, I need to make the money that I need to make. And I think actually going out on my own has helped me learn that more than being at a salon. Um, because now I, I don't have anything to lean on, you know, like I have to make the money. Um, and being booked out about like eight weeks in advance, it it definitely puts you in a situation where you're like, I also need to live my life. So I need to raise my prices. And I think you just, as you grow in the industry, you start to learn, like, it's not like, yes, we need money. Yes. It's great to make more money, but it's not even about the money. It's about the quality of life. Being two months booked out completely changes. It's a blessing. And I'm not saying that it's not, but it changes your life. You, If you want to go on a vacation in two months, you have to look at your schedule. You have to reschedule people and then you have to reschedule them a few weeks out. So what do you have to do? You have to raise your prices. 
And that is going to make you lose some people. And I think it's not to say that you don't care about these people, but you need to care about yourself more. You need to put your, because you need to put your life first. This job is great and everything, but if you're not living your life, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to end up regretting it. You know, it's just not, I think it's about life. It's not even so much about, do I care more about this person and giving them a discount? It's like, no, I care about me more. I hope that the, like this conversation is kind of like, it's, I know it's kind of hard to decipher, but I, I'm, we're kind of heading the direction that I kind of was excited to talk about. Um, because kind of what she's saying, you know, I feel like a lot of things with our industry are kind of asked backwards. And part of my mission is to kind of debunk a lot of these things and to help the newer generation of stylists come into this industry strong instead of very confused. Cause I get DMS on the daily. How did you do this? I don't understand this. Why is this happening? Da, 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 da. Cause you're getting conflicting things constantly. Um, and the one thing you just said, being booked out eight weeks is much as it is, it sounds like security. It really does. And it it's an old way of thinking because yeah, pre-book, 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 fill out your books, know that you have the financial security. It's amazing, whatever. But what we end up falling into is we become our jobs. And that's where like the conversation, it's coming full circle when you create safety with people and when you create these relationships with people, you can sometimes lean into them, which is really exciting. You know, it's exciting to feel safe with people, but sometimes too, you lean into it too much where you create this security, this financial security with that safety and dedicate your entire soul to this job. And what happens is you burn out. So finding that balance and that balance looks different for everybody, but I challenge anybody who's listening to this to reframe your mind about being so, I hate to say immersed, but being so booked out. Like it's an old way of thinking. It's an old way of of viewing the industry. Um, And just to give you like a backstory, I used to book out a year. I would book out all my clients 12 months because I thought that's how you did it. Oh my God. Yeah. How'd you live your life? I didn't. Yeah, you can. I I would take weekend trips, which was a lot of fun, but I found myself almost every single weekend flying somewhere. So I wasn't even present. It's exhausting. It was time. It was, it was costly. It was time consuming. Um, and while it's amazing to build a clientele and it's amazing to build safety with people and it's amazing to, to curate these people that really do believe in you, we have to remember, we have to do what's best for us you know, and we have to put ourselves first. If you are finding yourself in a position where you are burning yourself out, even six weeks booked out, take a step back, like you said, reevaluate and up your prices, shift your policies, shift something to where you can live in a happy matrimony of having these really beautiful relationships, but also simultaneously making financial security while also simultaneously living your life. Yeah. And that, I think that's the hard part to find is that balance. And it I don't even know if it's so much hard. I think it's engraved in us to like, like you're saying, like be booked out, pre-book this, that, like make money, hustle, like hustle culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that 
that like that's just old school like and that's one thing I do think this like younger generation for showing us is that like quality of life is way more important than anything else um so yeah yeah (laughs) I feel like you have uh, a bigger grasp on it than um not most people that I've talked to but a lot of people that I've talked to because you have had such a, a really great uh, start to the industry and meeting someone right off the rip who kind of appreciates that. Um, I feel like, I mean, Grant, I don't know your business, but I feel like you have done a really great job creating balance and creating that type of clientele that really is what benefits you. Would, would I, would I be wrong? Am I talking out of my ass oh. on that? Or? <laughs> no, you're super right. Um, actually when I opened up my business, I, my girlfriend used to, it used to affect our relationship, how much I was working to the point where I was like coming home, editing videos, editing pictures, talking to people, um, answering DMs, blah, blah, blah. And she like, she understands it's my job, but also it, then I get no quality time. I'm always on. So I was like, you know what? I love this girl way too much to have it affect our relationship. So I'm going to go ahead and start working on that work-life balance. Um, And that part in particular, I think, is what started helping me. Um, I started setting boundaries. Like I would post like, listen, I'm off Sunday, Monday. It's Saturday. Have a great weekend. I'm going to enjoy my weekend and I will get back to messages on this day. And the more I started posting that, the more my clients started understanding that. Um, They would write me, if they wrote me on a Sunday, they'd be like, hey, this is just what popped into my head. You don't need to answer right now. Answer whenever you can. Um, And when I would write back, I'd be like, hey, thank you so much, you know, for um, reaching out or whatever it may be. you know, I was, it was my days off and they understood. They never got mad. And even now my clients, like, they don't, I think I've just kind of taught them like that I am a person. So they understand that I'm a person and that I need this work-life balance in order to maintain and show up for them. Because if I'm working 24 seven, again, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to go into the salon. You're not going to want to do hair. It's not going to come out good. At least like speaking for myself, that's how it was going on. You know, like I would look at something and be like, I could have done that way better. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I love my job so much, I was like, because I love it so much, I need the time apart so that I can be better. So I can show up for myself better and I show up for them better. Um, And it's hard, but it, I feel like it's not like, once you get the hang of it, it's not that hard. And you're just like, you kind of like, I'm like, it's Saturday night. I'm not answering this today. And it doesn't even become like a, a guilty thought anymore because you shouldn't feel guilty for living your life. That's it. I'm writing that down. <laughs> shouldn't feel guilty for living your life. <clears throat> um, with, I lost my train of thought fuck um i guess this kind of leads me to like my second question but what what's something that you believe that sets you apart um and i i think i want to answer that for you um because (laughs) i think it's very it's very admirable to 
to see someone who I don't want to say is newer in the industry, but I is newer. You know, you kind of you came in, A, you came into the industry at a great time, you know. Um, kind of like on the come up of like what the industry is now. Um, and I love that you had this guidance in the beginning to kind of show you, okay, this is some things that I did, you know, to build your business and that you were smart enough to take those things and to actually put them into play and not allow some of the, the bad, the bad things to define you. Um, cause I've heard, I've had been a lot of interviews where a lot of those things became bad habits, such as with myself and they defined me for a while. Um, and I'm now learning how to get out of them, you know, trying to redesign how I do things, but it's admirable. And it's amazing to hear that someone who has about to celebrate one year into salon ownership, you know, but has kind of found the ticket, like kind of found the secret sauce. Like you figured it out really quick. What's like, do you, do you feel like that about yourself? Like, do you feel like, wow, I have really, I really did it. Like I'm, I'm really doing it. Or do you deal with like imposter syndrome? Like, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm doing that well. I think, I think I'm just kind of doing shit and kind of seeing what it does. Like, how do you feel about that? Cause as an outsider, I'm like, wow, like this girl is a fucking genius. She's talented. I mean, she's beautiful. She's doing it. You know, like that's, that's, I need to talk to her. Like, how is she doing this? Well, thank you first. Um, but I think I think every day is different in that sense there are days where I'm like fuck yeah so that's something I'm actually working on right currently is like I'm like like yeah I did it and celebrating those moments and being like like looking back and being like wow like I have found a balance but then like there's I'm my mind is always so conflicting because I try and see so many aspects of things. So there's also a side of me that's like, you still have so much to learn. Um, do you really know what the fuck you're doing? I feel like half the time I'm just kind of winging it. And I think, thank you, therapy. That's for sure. Like therapy has definitely helped me out a lot just to kind of set my mind a little bit in a calmer p- place um and also not judge myself so harshly um and i think that's a lot of the things that when you're when you deal with imposter sy- syndrome which i definitely feel like i have had and still can struggle with every now and then um i think it's just taking a step back slowing down looking at all the things and really taking in what people say too. Right. Like I'm a, I'm a very humble person. So when people tell me like, Oh my God, like you're doing so good. Or like everything that you just said, like I used to never say thank you. I would just be like, no, no, that's not true. So I think actually like taking in what people are saying, because I don't think someone like you just kind of like speaks out of her ass. I think like if you, yeah, I feel like if you like somebody, you're going to say it. And if you don't, you're either I not to say, say it. it or just say it, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> so um, I think more people should be like that. But um, I think when people compliment you, just take it, say thank you. Even if you don't believe it at that moment, just say thank you. And then eventually you'll start to see it yourself. Like I... 
affirmations as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge one. As stupid as like, sometimes I feel when I say them or when I do them, it really does help because it changes your brain, your brain chemistry. Like it, and you see it. Like I have seen going from in the beginning, like being like this small person where anyone could walk all over me. And now I'd be like, you know what? Like, we're just not right for each other. And like, just being wish you the best, but I can't have you in my space anymore. Um, And I think learning to do that will help you as a person and not feeling so defeated or so like you don't deserve it because everyone deserves it. We all deserve to feel happy. We all deserve a beautiful space. We all deserve amazing clients. And I think it's just constantly fighting for that, like fighting the urges to not play victim anymore or fighting the urges to not put up with people treating you poorly and finding some excuse for it being like, Oh, well they were having a bad day or, you know, like just sticking up for yourself and really loving yourself, I think is the key. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have, I get DMS or I get messages about burnout or about like my business isn't working or like this isn't working and blah, blah, blah. The number one thing that I always uh, answer with now, let me, let me say this. I will never tell you the answer. I will always get you to reflect. I will never mm-hmm. even, it's funny because even as an educator, like teaching my, 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 I hate to say students, but my artists, whatever. Um, is this the right formula or like this? And I'm always like, I don't know. Is it like, stop asking me for the answer. Cause you know, I'm not going to give it to you. But anyway, so the number one thing that I, I always say, people always ask me like, Oh, how do you do this? Or like, Oh, I'm struggling with this, blah, blah, blah. I tell them, take a step back. What, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis? What are you telling yourself? Yes. What, what are you feeding yourself in the morning? Because your message right now is telling me why am I a failure? Mm-hmm. So instead of looking at everything and comparing yourself to other people's success, you know, I could easily compare myself to you. And that's the reason why I have you on the podcast is because I like your success. I like how you've built your business and I admire how you've done it. And I'm big about celebrating people. I'm huge. I will scream that shit from the mountaintops, you know? Um, Cause we often don't give ourselves enough credit. Correct. But to anyone who's listening to this, the number one thing that I want you to take away from what she just said is it's not about, focusing on the big, the bad things that have happened. It's not focusing on the burnout. It's not focusing on why you aren't building. It's what am I saying to myself? What am I doing to myself? What am I stopping myself from doing that is inhibiting these things from happening or is, or making them happen? You know, if you're telling yourself, oh, I'm just a baby stylist and I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Then you're always going to be a baby stylist who doesn't know what they're doing. You know, but if you take this situation of, When I saw that video, when you said, I need help with something, with the business stuff, that was, in my mind, that was your way of saying, okay, something isn't right. Something's not growing the way that it's supposed to. And instead of me saying, I'm a failure, I don't know what I'm doing with my business, I'm taking a step back and I'm being vulnerable and I'm saying, I need help because I don't know how to fix this problem. I don't have the tools right now. So the biggest thing with our job, and I think this is also partially why I'm so drawn to you, is your 
incredibly humble is being humble with yourself and being vulnerable enough to say, I need help or this isn't growing the way that I want to, or something's not right with my business or my career or whatever the case may be. And that it's normal to ask for help. And it's normal to, to go through these emotions and these seasons of your career. And the point of having these quote unquote big creators and these people such as ourselves, I would say is to reach out to us. Yes. I need help. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What am I doing wrong? How can I be better? But my challenge to you is leading with how can I be better instead of why am I a failure? Correct. I think there's this thing that social media has created. There's this facade. So I have I have this love hate with social media because it does connect you to so many people. But like you said, there's a comparison game, right? And that will easily lead you down like a downward spiral um of I'm not good enough um how did I get here or like why am I why is she there and why am I not there like that for me was the biggest one that hindered me um I'm like how is this person doing it and I'm not and it's like everyone's journey like whoever's listening your journey is so different from the person next to you and the person behind you And it's not to say that like there's one way to do it all. It's there's so many different road paths and lessons for each of us to learn. Like I'm not going to learn the same lesson as you and neither you're not going to learn the same lesson as me. Now, will there be like small things that have brought us together because we have similarities? Yes, but there are so many different ways to go about something that it doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you dumb. It doesn't make you unknowledgeable. It just makes you a person. Like, and it makes you a person that needs to reach out to a community of safe people and be like, hey, can you help me out with this? And I think that social media just makes it seem like, like if people were to now start following me and see my studio, they're going to be like, oh my God, she's been doing this for so long. Like how did, like, I want to be there. And it's like, like we've been talking about, like you, I've gone through the mud. Like I've had to go through the mud to get here. And people only see these small highlights. And my, that's why I want to be this person of like, I have fucked up. I have gone through things. I have had so many things happen to me that could have set me back, that can set anyone back. But it just is a part of life. It's a part of the human experience. And so it doesn't make you any less than that person that you're looking at on Instagram. Because I promise you, this person that you're looking at has gone through the same thing, if not similar to you. Mm -hmm. They're showing you something different. I challenge people on the daily shift your mind about social media, you know, like remember, and that's the point of this brand is stop looking at people as unattainable and as these unrealistic like figures of being intimate, like uh, being intimidated by them or being jealous of them or comparing yourself to them. Cause comparison is the biggest form of, um, suicide essentially 100 person is the biggest form of career suicide um 
sorry, it's comparison is biggest form of theft. Wrong word. It's career suicide, but it's the biggest form of theft. So it steals yeah. everything there is to steal from you. Yeah. Um, and there, like, it's funny because I feel like this conversation has been kind of all over the place, but <laughs> it's to tie it all in. I look at Lise as someone that I admire. And I, again, from the jump of her social media, I loved it. I loved her vulnerability. I loved her authenticity. I love that she was able to merge two sides of her life into one side, but she will not go to the grave as a hairdresser. She will go to the grave as Lise, you know? And that's my biggest thing that I've been saying for the past couple of years is I don't want to go to the grave as a hairdresser. How do I change that? How do I not become my job anymore? How do I create boundaries? How do I be better? And over time, I've slowly built this community of stylists and other entrepreneurs for that matter, because it's not just meant for just stylists um, who also, you know, want to be more than their job or being self-made or being a part of hustle culture. They want to be a lot more than that. Um, and it's helped me grow into who I am now, who is more willing to talk about their life. I've always been willing to talk about it, but I've always felt like this weird thing about it because nobody else did it. And it was just, it wasn't the norm in society. And you were cringe. What's that? You were cringe if you talked about your vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that is, that is such a bullshit lie, dude. People fucking, people cr like crave vulnerability. Human yes. connection is created through vulnerability. Yes. Um. <clears throat> so to see other people being open and being vulnerable on social media it helped me. It's, and it always helps me, you know, and I, I figure if I'm vulnerable, it'll help other people. And that's what I want to do. I want to help other people. And I'm going to go to the grave, not being just a hairdresser. I want to be someone who helps people. So I, I challenge people to think about what's your why? Like, why, why are you even in this industry in the first place? If you're in, if and I hate to say this because this is kind of contradicts what I'm like the, a quote that I love. If you're in this industry for the money, you're going to fall short and it, it will always blow up in your face. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Yes. But if you're in this industry for the reason of creating connection and creating a career and creating these like a genuine lifestyle, I guess, then you're in it for the right reason. And I challenge you guys to reach out to people that you admire. Don't be jealous of them. Don't don't look at their social media and say, oh, I won't. They have fuck them because I don't like them because they have what I have. No. If you are genuinely inspired by somebody and you crave what they have, reach out to them. How else? I don't What's that? Find inspiration. Like yeah. there's no need to be the same. How terrible would it be if we're all the same people? The only way that I've built the fuck you mentality is by reaching out to people. Nobody asked to be on the podcast. I asked them. Hey, can you come on my podcast and speak your truth and like share connection with me? Because how else would I have created the pot? Like nobody fucking knows about the fucking mentality yet. You know, it's growing. But the only way that I would do that is to show a show my cards and be like, hey, like this is who I am. This is who I would love. I would love to create connection with you. Um, so to kind of like summarize this giant conversation that we've had. There's a lot of beauty in being vulnerable. And there's a lot of beauty in also being humble. And if you're able to kind of get both of those things together and kind of at the same level and to continue forward, I promise you, you will have the best life, career, anything. You will meet the best people. You'll be the, meet the people that you are designed to meet. Um, 
But just know that the journey to get to where we are is not, it's all smoke and mirrors, you know? We don't share every single loss and every single win either, but the point of vulnerability and the point of creating connection is to reach out to the, to those people, to ask them, how did you get there? How did you build that? How did you do all that? Um, And to know that despite us, you know, living our best lives and also being vulnerable on social media, we still have had a lot of things that we haven't shared that have designed that, that have, I hate to say it, that have created who we are now. And we thank those interactions and whatever. I know that was kind of like, a, that was a ramble, but I, I, I think I got my point across. Um, but if there's any advice that you would give anybody who's listening, what would it be? Um, I think just take it slow, take it easy on yourself, take baby steps. Don't, not to say that you can't jump forward and go for it and succeed, but baby steps, in my opinion, are just amazing. You're able to enjoy each moment um, by just stepping back and being like, okay, I've done this and now I'm going to move forward and do this and move through your checklist slowly. Enjoy each moment, mess up, fail, start again get up, keep going. Don't give up. Don't compare. Um, understand that you're a human being and that's beautiful. And part of being a human being is just learning. And each experience is, is a learning experience. So I think my biggest thing to say to people is just move slowly I don't, I don't, I don't, I just think that's it. Like I had written that one down. Cause that one was a, that one was a tough one for me. Um, I think so much of our lives nowadays are rushed. Mm-hmm. Like we're all just trying to get to the finish line and it's like, what's the finish line, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy the trees and breathe the beautiful air, like enjoy each moment with each person, each interaction. Um, each step of your career and each step of your life. I think just take it slowly. I I had a conversation with a girl and, and she was talking about that, like getting to the top and um, you can get to the top all you want, but I promise you it's going to be the loneliest place. There's nobody at the top. There's no such mm-hmm. thing as a top. Um, And there's no... And that, and that's a great thing to leave it with is just take it slow. Cause a lot of times, uh, people want to fast track and they want to skip steps and they want to, they just, I just need your help. I just want you to help me. Like how, how do I, like I, the number one question that I, I hate and that I've kind of spoken about it on my TikTok, how do I build a clientele or how do I, how do I get more clients? And I hate that question. God, I hate that fucking question. You think it's taken me a day to build a clientele? No, it's taken fucking years, years years yeah <laughs> like baby not the fucking two day years of my life okay yeah. um and the point of anything in life is to enjoy the journey you're supposed to be excited about like the hardships and the good times and the bad times um and i like what you said like mess up fail start over and start again like it it's just it's all part of the it's all part of the process it's all part of the human experience and i think a lot of people forget that that is it. Like we are human. 
We are not these perfect robots, which even robots can fail and glitch. <laughs> like we're a human being. We have emotions, but just take every moment and learn from it. Like you were saying, like reflect and see what you, if you were unhappy with something, like look back at it and be like, okay, what was it that I was feeling? Why did I feel that way? And am I able to change it? Mm-hmm. And keep going from there. I think we're just in such a fast paced society that we think that we have to have the answer to everything. And we don't, we don't know it all. I don't know it all. Like I just, you never do. Yeah. You never do. And I think the older we get, the more that we see those things mm-hmm. and we, we start to understand that we're all just learning till the day we die. So the day that we die. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that was a great note to end on. Um, this is Lise. What's your handle? Your handle is? Looks by Lise. By Lise. All her information is going to be tagged below. Her, any Anything, if you want to book with her, um, check out her social media, keep up with her, reach out to her. Um, the point of <clears throat> me having interviews with people is to showcase that these other creators and these other people on social media are just as normal as myself. And we're all the same, you know, we pretty much all have the same outlook. Even if we have different outlooks, we can have a conversation because that's what makes you human too. Um, But the point of the brand is to just bring more togetherness with everybody. And just to remind everybody that again, we're all human and that it's important to kind of put your ego and your pride to the side. If you need help, and if you need help, you need to reach out. And that the the and I would say any creator that's been on this podcast, I feel like is more than willing to help anybody. Will it more than willing to answer a DM, more than willing to just have a conversation with you? Um, don't be afraid. And if you admire somebody, reach out to them and just tell them, hey, I really admire you, or hey, like I hope you have a great day. Cause you have no idea how much that goes, like how far that goes. Um, but guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fuck You Mentality. Um, Okay, I don't know what else to say. Goodbye, love you all.